Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. I hope you've had a great week. It's been a great week for Shelley and myself. We've seen a lot of my family, my side of my family, as well as our own sons and the wives. So it's, uh, and our granddaughter, been fantastic. Uh, you know, it's refreshing. And for, for the last few months, I've been talking about, you know, coming out of lockdown. And we've come out of lockdown, or well, most of us have. And but I've been talking about coming out of lockdown. You know, we don't know what it's going to be like. Nobody knows. We've never been this way before. All over the world, there has been a hush. There has been a silence. There has been virtually no movement at all. It has been one of the strangest times, not just in our history, but in the history of mankind. And we are all aware of it. And it is just so quiet. It has been so quiet. And now coming to terms with how we handle the pandemic and COVID uh, on an individual basis, a, a national basis and an international basis. We've got all that to find out. And you know, in the book of Joshua, God had to say to his, his people who were, were, were moving out of the known into the unknown, he said, you've never been this way before. So keep your eyes on the ark of the Lord. And the Ark of the Lord was a, a box overlaid with gold, a wooden box overlaid with gold, and the Ten Commandments were in there. And it had it even had supernatural powers. Why? Because it, it represented God's presence. And only the priests, the, the the high priest and that could go near this thing. And so it was and the, the Levites the, in, in the priesthood, special people, not just any priest, but the Levite priests, those that were set apart totally for this business. But the point I want to get to is, is that we need at this time to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to keep our eyes. How do you do that? Well, by reading his word so that you know how to handle things, how to behave, how to, how to think during these times. It's all written in his word, God's will for you and me. 95% of everything we're going to need in life, the wisdom we're going to need has been written down in the Bible. God has caused it to be written down by men, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so that's why in Global, you know, we talk about being Christ-centered, Bible-based. The Bible's the foundation for our, uh, our knowing and our thinking and our believing, our ethics and our values. So um, we've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. And, and as we pray, certain things will open up, but some things will close down. And one of the things that we will run to every single time, because we're like this as human beings, we will run back to the known. But for many people, the known has gone. And now they're in limbo land. It's like, what do we do? How do we think? How, some people, for some people, it's, it's redundancy. For some people, it, the business is, is, is ready to go, but the suppliers around them are not ready to go. And they're having to find new supplies. It's a new time. And it's a new thing. And it's very strange to us. And so I've been trying to listen. I've been trying to listen to what the world leaders have been saying. I've been trying to listen to what church leaders are saying. And I've been listening to what church people say. And the communities around us. And also I wanted to listen, funnily enough, 
to what God wants to say. I believe the biggest thing that God wants to say in that this, this time that it's, it's very strange and, and my commentary on the, the last three or four months the, 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 during the COVID period, not sent by God, I don't believe that at all. But in this time, God has allowed it to happen on planet Earth. And what would God say to us at this point? And I believe he wants to say, Jesus' second coming is so close. It is so close. We've been in the end times. As the Bible scholars know, the end times have been the time after Jesus' ascension into heaven to the time when he returns. And so the end times have been about 2,000 years. And so people think uh, he's not coming back. They think that his delay is almost like, no, he's not coming back. There's no such thing. You, you You believe in fairy tales, but you know, the Bible says God holds back his judgment so that more people can believe. And his delay, it's his love restraining his, his purposes for the ends of this world. And he's, 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 he's holding back so that as men and women come to faith in him, that when Jesus returns, he's coming back for his church and his church will live with him in eternity forever and ever. And it can sound all very much fairy tale-ish at this point, but believe me, 80% of the Bible, all the predictions in the Bible have come true. It's been 100% accurate. 80% have come true. The other 20% of the predictions in the Bible that haven't come true yet are all to do with what we call the end time things, the second coming, the new heaven and the new earth, where we get new bodies and we'll live forever with Jesus. And maybe you've joined us for the first time. You're saying, these global people, I don't know. This is all new to me. This is news. And, you know, it's all in the Bible. Jesus spoke about his second coming. He spoke about the judgment day. He, joked, he talked about the, the, uh, the judgment day for believers, which is not a condemning judgment day. It's one of commendation. And it's, it's like, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, at the, at the end of the day, we've got to ask ourselves a question. Where are we going to spend eternity? And we're invited, every one of us, are invited into heaven. And Jesus put it in terms of a party. Is it any wonder that we as global talk about parties, have parties, because we want to reflect something of the heart of God back to people. And we're not talking about drunkenness and stuff like that, but we are talking about uh, parties that, that refresh people's hearts and, and give them a vigour again to go back to work and, and back into their families to, to love and to live and to serve. And so I've got a, a scripture for us, and it's from the Old Testament, from the book of Isaiah. It says this, forget the former things, Isaiah, it's Isaiah 43. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. That's good news for us. Do not dwell on the past. Don't go back to the past. See I am doing a new thing. And that was God's message to Isaiah and the people of Israel in his time. He said, don't dwell on the past. Forget the former things because I'm doing a new thing. And this is a strong message for us in global, but also for the world. I want to speak this out to the whole world. God wants to do a new thing in your life and a new thing in your family, a new thing in your marriage, a new thing in your business a new thing in our churches, in our schools, in, in, in our governments. 
God wants to do a new thing. You know, the Bible says, it records God as saying, once again, I will shake the heavens and the earth so that what can be shaken will be shaken. I wonder what has been shaken in your world during this time. I wonder what's been shaken in the world around you that's affecting you during this time. You see, what God establishes will last, but what God doesn't establish doesn't last. And that's why it's important for us to establish everything on God's word and God's ways. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And then he goes on to say, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That's impossible. A way in the desert. Deserts are places where you die. <laughs> but you know, you're not destined to die in a desert where there's no resources, where there's no help, where, there's, where, where, where there was once life and now there's only death. And maybe I'm speaking to you today about how, how COVID has affected your life through your business, through your work, through your employment or through your marriage. Maybe many things have gone to the wall but, and it looks like you're in a desert. But God says, I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honour me. That's interesting because we don't so often as a nation in Britain, in the West, we don't honour God. But it says, wild animals honour me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Every human being on this planet was created by God and for God. We are here for his purposes. And so many people, God's, God's blessing and resourcing and favour and increases on their lives and businesses. And they're not even believers yet. And yet God, because God so loved the world, he doesn't hate people, he loves people. And, and God will do great things for people. They don't even know it's him. They think it's them being a genius. And yet if they were honest, so many times they would say, I were lucky. I were in the right place at the right time. It was serendipitous. <laughs> you know, it's almost like Lady Luck shone down on me that day. One thing we will never say is, Father God was kind to me. Father God opened up a way where there wasn't a way. And in this passage, it talks about, you know, the, the wild animals and the jackals and the owls. They honour God because he provides streams in the wasteland. And they benefit from that. But the streams in the wasteland are predominantly for his people. It says to give drink to my people, my chosen. And it's as though God says through the scriptures, when I'm, I'm, I'm blessing you, people, even animals that are in the way will get blessed as well. And they'll, they'll look and they'll see and they'll say, this, Jesus is with you. God is with you. There is, why is it that you seem to just land on your feet? If, you know, if you, if you fell through Sainsbury's roof, you'd land in the till. You know, you just, how, how do you do that? And, you know, all we can say is God's with us. 
And because God is with us, nothing is impossible. When God's with you, nothing, nothing happening in your life is impossible. Why? Because God's with you. There's always something happening when God is with you. When, when there's nothing happening, we have a saying, when there's nothing happening, God's up to something. And very quickly, something will be happening in your life. Nothing is impossible with God. And let me put a different slant on it, the correct slant, and that's this. There's nothing that we face in life that, that's impossible for God to overcome in our favour. It's so good to have God with you in the good times and the bad. One of the downsides for atheists is when great things happen to them, they've nobody greater than themselves to thank. And we as believers can give expression to the gratitude we feel in our hearts when somebody gets healed, when somebody goes to hospital and the surgeons are able to, to, to bring them back, to, to restore them back to, to health and stuff. It's like, oh, thank God. You know, that's fantastic. We have some somebody to thank. When we get a job and everybody else is struggling to get a job, he's like, oh, thank you, Lord. We have somebody to give expression to. Even when we don't get a job and we watch others getting their jobs, we can thank God for them and remind him that we're up for it. <laughs> and we'd like, we'd like a job also. Can you see what I'm saying? It is so positive. And God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Why? Because there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing you can do about the past. We've got to let it go. And it's, it, it, it holds us down. It, it, it is so negative so often. Even the good things in the past are a trouble to us because we keep wanting the good old days. But you know something? Nostalgia is not what it used to be. <laughs> Nostalgia is, the, it, it, you know, we only think about the good things. We forget about the, the bad things so often. And we look back with, you know, rose-tinted glasses. But really, God says, he cuts through it all. He says, forget it. Don't dwell don't keep thinking about what was. You've got to wake up and smell the coffee for today and get going. He's going to give new directions. He's going to make ways in the desert. You know, in other words, he's going to find, he's going to lead us sometimes into places that, are, that we would see as barren and not fruitful and not, not a way to go. But God says, if you'll trust me, I'm going to, I'm going to take you into a new thing. I wonder what the new thing is for you you know during this time of the uh, the pandemic when things have gone quiet except for the journalists commentating on what what the leaders of nations are, are, are saying and doing there's been a hush all over the world but it's it's shown us on the news as as things have come in that that we we can't get on with each other and we can't get on with ourselves you know, the black lives matter. The, you know, I'm speaking even bigger than that movement. I'm saying black lives matter because of the racial injustice that happens all over the world. And at the moment, you know, when we see things in America, it shocks us and it should shock us. We should never get used to it. It's, it's shocking and it's terrible. And we do need to speak up and speak out about it. But also there's... There's uh, what, what we've seen is a rise in domestic violence. You know, even with people that 
should love each other, you know, the couples, the the married or the the you know the cohabiting, you know, the people that are, that have shown a love for each other, they're together, and yet because of lack of work or lack of many other things, right, all the social things that cause them to to be unsettled on the inside, it's what's on the inside that matters, because we can't blame what's going on on the outside. We've got to say, why do I respond and react the way I do? And we're finding that we can't get on with each other. And then we have mental illness, our mental issues, you know, where we can't get on with ourselves. And I want to say as a minister of the gospel, it's a gospel of peace. Why? Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And when you know Jesus personally, I don't just mean know about him, even the devil knows that Jesus exists, but he's not a believer he believes historically that Jesus exists. Well, many people believe that. No historian in this world would tell you Jesus, you know, didn't come and, and, and break into history. You know, they would never deny that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about historical faith. I'm talking about personal faith. And as you put your trust in Jesus, one of the very first things that he does is he brings you peace. Peace in your mind. Troubled minds, peace. And I'm speaking God's peace out to you today as I come into your living rooms. I'm, I'm, I'm in your Zoom meeting or your, your YouTube meeting or whatever. I'm speaking God's peace in the name of Jesus Christ. I am a minister of the gospel and everybody in my church global, we are all ministers of the gospel. Uh, and you know, people think you've got to have a dog collar on and, it's, and that's not what the Bible says. The close friend of Jesus wrote this, called Peter, he wrote this. He said, you are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you might declare the praises of him, uh, you know, in today's society. But he said, you are a royal priesthood and we are. We can all pray for God's peace for you. We can all pray for God's peace for each other. And often we will place our hands on people on the, on the heads and bring peace to a troubled mind. And often we'll lay hands on the sick and they get well. And troubled minds, sometimes it's not just a psychological thing. Sometimes it's a spiritual thing that there are demons present that need to, to, to be evicted. And that's how Jesus came and, and he, he cast out demons that were oppressing people's minds. I don't know what you've gone through in life. I don't know what you're going through, but I do know this. When you get to know Jesus, you get to know peace. And as you give your life to Jesus, you start a new life with him. Your parents gave you human life, but God gives you eternal life as you ask him for it. It doesn't happen automatically. It's a bit like winning the lottery. You can win the lottery, but if you haven't got the ticket, you can't, you can't get the goods. Yeah. Jesus is your ticket, if I can put it as crudely as that. Jesus, when God answers prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you say to Jesus, when you say to God, forgive me my sins, in Jesus' name, he does. And because Jesus is the son of God, he is like his father and Jesus forgives sins. He did in the gospels. And Jesus releases people from oppression and depression and anxiety and he brings his peace. Many young people 
many young people in this nation are on coke. And I don't mean Coca-Cola. You know, the, it's the white pirate. They're, on, they're sniffing the stuff and, and uh, whatever else they do with it because of anxiety. And when they come off it or when they're coming down and need another fix, they're anxious. And they don't look like drug users and drug abusers. They're functioning every day, going to work. And, and yet behind that, behind the facade, they're in trouble. And maybe that's you today. And I want to say you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus and let him liberate you. Let him set you free. Forget the former things. Dwell not on the past, that passage says. Why? Because all the guilt and shame is there as well. So God says, forget it. Why? Because I forgot it. Every believer, everybody that comes to believe in Jesus, all the past is cancelled out, all the negative bits. All the sin and shame and guilt cancelled out. And it's cancelled out in our lives, in our present day experience. Forget the former thing, dwell not on the past. Behold, or oh, can't you see, don't you perceive that I'm doing a, a new thing? Let God do a new thing in your life. Let him give you not just a new start in life, but a new life to start with. He did that for me when I was 19. And I know many of you, you can say, well, you were young and you didn't know what you was doing. Well, I'm older now and I do know what I'm doing. But I'm still with Jesus. I'll still be with Jesus the day I take my last breath. Because Jesus is life itself. He's eternal life. You know, the, the benefits of knowing Jesus, of peace, of wisdom beyond your years, of understanding of life and people that can just, that God can download into you and help you through life, help you to figure people out, people that are closest to you. You know, I'm, I've been married now 30 odd years, but without Jesus, I don't think we'd have been married three years. I think Shelley would say the same thing. Not because we don't respect each other, we do respect each other and we love each other, but we have had to learn and we've had to get wisdom from the Bible and from Jesus from the Holy Spirit direct, helping us to sort out arguments, helping us to, how do we keep peace in our lives? When you've got it, how do you sustain it? How do you protect it? How do you have a home that's got peace in it? How do you protect it from all the variables that come in through kids, or in-laws, or outlaws, or friends, or, or whatever, friends sometimes? How, how, how do you protect that? You know, the wisdom in the Bible is phenomenal. In fact, there's one, there's a few books given over to wisdom, but one is known, one is known as, as Proverbs. You know, there's just 31 chapters in there that are absolutely amazing for everyday wisdom. From Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived in his, uh, in his day. But you know, Solomon was like many of us. He had wisdom for others. But I want you to have wisdom for yourself. I grab all the wisdom and I take the medicine and I don't always want to do, but I take the medicine and Shelley grabs all the wisdom and she takes the medicine and we talk and we're honest with each other and we confess our, our weaknesses to each other. We, we talk about where we've got it wrong with each other, bringing our kids up where we've got it wrong, where we've got it right, we celebrate and we enjoy being a great family. But great families are made, it doesn't just happen. 
they're made and, and there needs to be leadership. And you know, a lot of my talks are leadership based. God wants to do a new thing in your life, new thing in your family, a new thing in your jobs, in your business. Come on, keep believing. We've, we, we, I want to encourage you to exercise faith. Um, you know, what faith you have. And maybe you said, but I'm not a believer in Jesus. Well, exercise, but you're still going to need faith. <laughs> Why? Because life is shot through with faith. And we, we have to go and try and find a job. How do you get a job when there's not many jobs around? You've got to have faith. And even if it's just faith in yourself, let's start there. But you've got to have faith. And you know, when you realise how fickle you are, I realise how fickle I am. I want to move my faith from me to him and to watch how God works his wonders in your life and the, the, the lives of your friend. It's brilliant. And so I want to speak at moments as well to Global Church and say, God wants to do a new thing in us. You know, we're all itching to get back together again. We were hoping to be there this this Sunday as a as a whole church, but we can't do that. And uh, some things are beyond our control, but even then we'd probably only get 30 together. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it, it's frustrating for everybody, but I want you, I want you as a church to get used to not, uh, not having the big, but let's work in the small. Let's work in the dinner parties. Let's work with that. Let's, let's, let's learn how to be together. Let's go to a deeper level of friendship and relationship with each other in the dinner parties and in the, I forgot what the other parties are called, where you all get together on Sunday in clusters of about 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever it is. I don't think it's that many, but 10 or 15. You, you, you know, watching, watching me predominantly, but you know, that's how the early church was. And next week I want to have a look at, at the early church and how they came about. And it was through house churches, little churches that met in people's houses. And it was so simple. And the gospel spread through ordinary people whose lives were blessed by God and the friends and family saw it and they wanted to know what the secret was. And they said, it's Jesus. And they became believers and they found it to be true for them themselves. And miracles happened in their lives, not just miracles, as in healings and stuff like that, but but just wisdom coming in, they were like, now I can see where my life's been going wrong and I can straighten it out. And and that happened in the early church. And it, the gospel spread faster in the first three centuries than most of, you know, the rest of history because they never owned a building. They never had a, ch a special church building. They moved from house to house. They hired venues. The Apostle Paul hired a venue right next to a, a synagogue, like a church. And he'd, he'd come out of that. They'd rejected his message. And so he says, I'm going to go to them that want my message. And there's a point for us. Are you still barking up the same old trees, inviting people to church, inviting people to a dinner party that have said no? Why don't you just leave them alone and go and find somebody else? <laughs> and let the gospel spread. You know, I'm so proud of you in Global. I've loved you. You know, I've known your stories. I've known your, your journeys from, from having no faith, many of you, to having faith and to going all in in baptism. And we had Mikey's baptism the other week. Sorry, I couldn't be there, Mikey. But I hope you enjoyed the fish and chips afterwards as well. <laughs> Glad they didn't drown you. 
in the sea. <laughs> Phenomenal. What's happening with you guys is brilliant. But I've, I've watched your kids grow up. When I say I, me and Shelley, and I, you know, I'm seeing the teams coming together. We celebrate you. We are so proud of you. I wish that more people knew you because the way you are and the way you understand God and, and can explain it naturally to other people, they would get it like that and live in the goodness of what Jesus has got for us. Let me just finish with that scripture. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. Let it go. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm going to make a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Maybe some of you are listening today and you've been like us. You look back at your past and you think that is a wasteland. I have made so many mistakes. What a mess. And I want to say, bring your mess to Jesus today and let him turn your mess into a message of hope for other people. That's how, that's why I heard the gospel. Two people whose lives were a mess. Their lives got turned around by Jesus and I could see it. They were authentic. And uh, we need more people like this. God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. God so loved the world. Whatever nation, whatever nationality, whatever sexuality, God so loved the world and he still loves the world. And he speaks through me to other people to say, God loves the world and he loves you as you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you as you are, but to transform you into the likeness of his son, Jesus. So we're on a journey and we want you to come with us. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 